Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Listen, we all want to be Alex Earl, right? Like every single one of us. There's, she doesn't have a flaw and we all want to be her. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Daisy Rosario. And you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. And yes, the rumors are true. I'm back, bitches! Back in, I don't want to say better than ever, but I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! It's been a while. Like, if y'all are listening to the show regularly, then it doesn't feel like that long, because the last time I was in the feed was like the week before last. But I actually haven't been behind the mic since mid-December. Which, of course, means that before we get into today's episode, I have to shout out the people who held down the fort in my absence. Obviously, Daisy Rosario, who's here with me, Daniel Schrader, Nadira Goff. I would not have felt okay leaving the show in anybody else's hands, and I'm so glad that y'all did this for me. And now the sappy shit's out of the way. We're here for what we really came for, which is for me to interrogate Daisy and ask her if she missed my Pillsbury Doughboy laugh. <laughs> I did. It was weird. It was weird to not hear your laugh for a while. Like I was like, <laughs> something's missing. I'm I'm what is it? And it was so many things, including updates about your cat Masha, but I especially missed your laugh. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. Masha's doing great. You know, Good. she threw up three times this morning oh. for reasons that we don't know. But Classic I just cleaned it up. <laughs> Classic Masha. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually largely stayed offline during the past three weeks bless and by stayed offline i mean i stayed off twitter because it's the app that causes me the most stress i will not be talking about how much time i spent on tiktok or tumblr over the past three (laughs) weeks but i feel like i have to ask did i miss anything on twitter i saw something about elon musk on a twitter poll is he still ceo (laughs) or did that poll fire him like what was that entire thing (laughs) Uh, I wish I could say it was just an end of 2022 fever dream, but unfortunately it was it was reality. Um, I mean, he lost the poll. He's still yeah, there. Yeah, I saw that. So uh, even when he lost it, he was like, I will find a replacement by this time. And I don't remember what that time is because I don't expect him to actually stick to it. So, yeah, kind of same old, same old. Man, I was really hoping that, you know, the comments... <laughs> would have driven him out like Julius Caesar. Like, I thought we were all gathering to stab Caesar, but apparently he had that poll. Did he think people were going to say yes? Did did he think people were going to say, please stay? What do you think think was going to happen? I think he thought even more people would say, please stay, yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, he continues to tweet, like, just a generally corny dude. (laughs) Like, there's no other way to put it at this point. He just, he tweets like a corny dude. He does not have the spirit of a shit poster. And you can't have no. this job if you don't have the spirit of a shit poster. It's true. Like, he wants to run the thing, but he also yeah. is not able to be as cool as many of the people who have 
best figured out how to use that service. <laughs> yes. Like, he wishes he was Drill. Yes. He really, really does. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. One thing I did see, because my roommate made sure that I saw it, and that she was like, I sent this to you on Twitter. And she's like, wait, no, I'm going to text this to you because you have to see this, is um, a video supercut of all the Miss World contestants what? saying the name of their country. Costa Rica! The most important part of this video is how Miss France decided to uh, steal the show, is how I'm going to say that. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, that's a proper screech. Like, uh huh. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have for. I'm gonna try and do it, <clears throat> France, <laughs> because <laughs> today we're reaching deep into our mailbag for another edition of Read Receipts. I want to see the receipts. After a short break, we'll be answering all y'all's burning questions about Andrew Tate and Greta Thunberg. And we'll also be explaining what exactly Core Core is. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And we're back. I feel like I'm going to start with a question that actually broke through my self-imposed Twitter isolation. Sure. Which is Andrew Tate's downfall. Uh Um, Brought on by maybe the only famous teenager who isn't a Nepo baby. I also saw that discourse, which was eh, whatever. (laughs) But we're talking about Greta Thunberg, like the the, the tiniest activist that will. We love her. Oh, Greta. (sighs) Over on Tumblr, all the girlies universally celebrated this now infamous exchange between 
I don't want to call him anything. The scum of the earth, <laughs> Andrew Tate, <laughs> and our queen, Greta Thunberg. If you somehow missed this, I'm going to assume you were also in a self-imposed internet sabbatical. And I would personally like to congratulate you for being much more successful than I was in doing that. But back to the drama. I'm slightly murky on the details. I've seen sure. screenshots. Mm-hmm. I know that Tate was arrested on charges of rape and human trafficking. But, like, when exactly did this start? Like, what was going on? What was in the air? Tell me. <laughs> I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot because dude just put it all out there himself, right? So on December 27th, Andrew Tate, who was only very recently unbanned from Twitter to begin with, decided to use his newfound tweeting privileges to tweet at Greta Thunberg, who I must remind everyone is a teenager. He tweeted, quote, Please provide your email address so I can send a complete list of my car collection and their respective enormous emissions, end quote. Why? Why? Were they talking before? Was there like a back and forth or was this just how it, he just decided, he woke up? He, Yep, he just decided to do that. He He's somebody who thinks that people who are not thinking of him are thinking of him. Um, pr- okay, proceed. Proceed, yeah. keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Greta then responds with what is now the fourth most liked tweet of all time. Wow. And we got to get this quote completely correct. So she said, mm-hmm. quote, yes, please do enlighten me. Email me at smalldickenergy at getalife.com. End quote. That's just beautiful. There's nothing I love more than a good comeback. And that one is just, it's perfect. It's perfect. I love her. Great job, Greta. Oh, Greta, doing doing so much for all of us, really, right? No, truly, like, not even just the jokes. No. (laughs) More than the jokes. Climate activism. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She has more going for her than jokes. Seriously. So then Tate responded with a video that we are not going to play because no one needs to hear this man's voice. But in the video, there was a pizza box. And apparently that pizza box comes from a pizza company that's local to Romania, where Tate was residing. This led to many people assuming that the pizza box confirming Tate's whereabouts was what led to his arrest two days later. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is what I saw on Tumblr. There were so many posts that were just like, wow, who would have thought that Tate dunking on a teenager would be why he got arrested? I love this. But the way you said that makes me feel like it's not true. Right. I mean... Are you going to burst my bubble? Are you going to... Yeah. On my first show back? Um, Yeah, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, um, I am. I know. Okay, well... Look, Greta remains undefeated, but... The Romanian authorities have denied that the pizza box itself had anything to do with the arrest, right? They said that they've been investigating Andrew Tate's properties since April of 2022, and the entire thing was a coincidence. Greta, however, did respond to the arrest and the internet theories that she caused with it, saying, quote, this is what happens when you don't recycle your pizza boxes. (laughs) Again... Beautiful work on her behalf. And because I feel like I, I rebuke the idea that the Romanian authorities, I, I rebuke that. I rebuke that notion. I, I just think they don't want to share credit with our queen Greta. Um, so, <laughs> yes. And you know what? Either way, it doesn't change how great her comeback was. And like, yeah, truly. And the timing of it is still fantastic. Like, even if the pizza box itself didn't literally lead to it, like the timing of him being owned by her in that moment fantastic absolutely beautiful no one could ask for anything more um i'm glad that we started with 
a high point, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is what counts as a high point now. Something we can rally um, around. Yeah. Yeah. Something <laughs> that makes everybody happy. It's, you know, something for everybody. <laughs> anyway, on to the next question, <laughs> which comes from Lee Verlani who emailed us a few days ago, I ran up against people discussing the evolution of core core on my FYP, but I don't even know what core core is. I'm lost. Totally. Please and help your day one fan Lee first. Wow. A day one <laughs> fan. Y'all have hey. been through a lot. Thank you so much for sticking beside us as we go into our third year of this. I had to think about that for a minute. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what year it is on any given day anymore. I mean, I'm just like, oh, we've been doing this for six months now. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> so second, core core, which is just the word core, like apple core twice, <laughs> is one of the purest distillations of the internet I've encountered since Gontrov 1973. Ooh. Yeah. So thank you, Lee, for bringing this into my life. I'm sorry to say by the end of this segment, the word core is not going to sound like a real word. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, before we get started, <laughs> we must define <laughs> the terms of this debate. Right. So core core is a play on and a reference to the commonly used core modifier that's used to describe aesthetics. I actually think it emerged from music in that things were like hardcore rock yeah, um, or yeah. softcore, but it has been extended to uh, like fashion aesthetics or people aesthetics. So think like cottage core right. or norm core, which I think was really one of the first cores. I also recently learned about gorp core. Oh, yeah. Which is like high end uh, norm core. Yeah, which like slightly is not, expensive normcore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So core core is what it sounds like uh -huh. in that it's a a core of other cores. Okay. Um which it, it sounds absurd cuz it is. It's it's an yeah. absurdist trend, but ultimately I'm going to put on my thinking hat and suggest that it's a criticism of consumerism, which is all that any of the real quote unquote real cores are like if you think right. about it most of these aesthetics are just ways for you to buy new things yeah so there's evidence of the phrase core core existing in tumblr hashtags as far back as 2020 saying the <laughs> phrase as far back as 2020 makes me yeah. want to die what? um <laughs> <ugh>. <laughs> But Corecore didn't fully distill into its current trend on Niche Talk, which is a side of TikTok we'll discuss at a later episode, until like this year, late last year, because we are in a new year. It's 2023. I forgot to. Don't right. worry. Right. So Knower of All Things, Know Your Meme, mm -hmm. places TikTok user at Mason Knoll as a kind of real pioneer of the aesthetic that would come to define Corecore. Importantly... Mason Noel didn't tag the video I'm about to play as Core Core, suggesting that perhaps Core Core as a style existed before it was named. Okay, the Arctic Sea is melting. It's like on a loop. Oh, a giant tree is being cut down. It's falling. Uh, creepy, like, Bo Burnham laugh. Is that a D'Amelio sister? American Psycho? That's a, that's definitely a D'Amelio. What is happening? <laughs> that was a 
that was that was a great description of what happened in that video because I, I'm gonna be honest, these videos defy description. But how if you have to I describe mean, it more than what you just <laughs> how would you how would you describe what you just saw or the, maybe even the feeling it evoked in you? Yeah, I mean, it, it felt like a a, a brief uh, fever dream of uh-huh. what it feels like to be alive on any given day right now. I guess that's. <laughs> Wow, that's beautiful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It's like, oh, there's a Demelio sister. There's there's delogging. Um yeah. and yeah. also I think there was an American psycho clip in there somewhere. There was. Which apparently the core core people really enjoy. Interesting. So this is kind of a pioneer <laughs> in the style of video editing. So these videos start kind of, you know, proliferating more between this video, which came out in 2021 and now, which is 2023 again. But it wasn't until July of 2022 that the video edit style and the phrase came together. Again, according to Know Your Meme, user Hexen Sabbath was the first to combine both the term core core and the aesthetic that we just described, which is this kind of chaotic splicing together of clips with uh, some sad music under it. <laughs> and this video from at Hex and Sabbath features clips from Taxi Driver, Family Guy, and Good Time. Uh, star of Goncharov, he looks great. I, my man looks great. <laughs> what? Oh, I, I, Okay, uh, MMA and just like a TikTok dance in a what? Family Guy meets. No, this is. Oh, I like this cat though. What? <laughs> I can't even describe. It. Like for someone who can sometimes speak very quickly, my my mouth cannot keep up with the speed at which random stuff is happening in these videos. It's it's really kind of just washes over you in a way yes. that you're like, what did I? just watch and what does it mean and why do I feel something and also what is it that I'm feeling right (laughs) yeah the description that it feels what being on the internet it feels like in 2023 is very accurate and I would like to say that I'm fully aware of the fact that I think I'm slightly too normie to really fully understand what's happening here but nevertheless I will persist okay (laughs) So this video happens in July 2022. So Core Core is now fully fledged with a name, a video aesthetic, and this kind of loose ethos, I would say, of anti-capitalism, anti-consumerism. I don't if I I don't know if I quite want to say anti-toxic masculinity, but definitely engaging with a very specific form of masculinity. Oh yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So it takes off and by takes off, I mean the hashtag now has almost 300 million views, which is wow. like respectable. Yeah. yeah. So here's one of the most popular videos in that hashtag, which was made by Netflix Saga, which has over 2.1 million likes on it. What do you want to do when you grow up? Oh, I live in DC. Uh, what does he want to do? How much do you want to make? It's a little boy being asked one of those like man on the street questions. Oh, the music's changing though. Oh. Now we're looking at a clip that feels like it's... Okay, what? We've got Blade Runner 2049. We've got old people in the casino. This chicken has been living in the metaverse. This is what it looks like in the headset. Honestly, the chicken line explains itself as best as it can. Black (laughs) Friday. Like, what is happening? 
the phrase, here's a chicken living in, in VR. Yes. The metaverse? Um, uh, we're going to yeah. post these TikToks on our Twitter account because I don't really think it's possible to understand them without seeing them. Yeah, no, seriously, you have to look at these. This, my descriptions do no justice <laughs> to these at all. It's just, it's impossible to describe. And it kind of reminds me a bit of Dadaism in that it's, yeah. it strikes me as satirical and nonsensical, but designed both to be that way and to more than anything invoke strong emotions out of viewers. Like, yeah. it's not telling you what to feel, but it's telling you to feel something. And like I said, there's a lot of anti-capitalist, anti-consumerist themes to them, but it's not a requirement of the genre because to me, it kind of feels like it's resisting being a genre. It's right. resisting being labeled or brandified. Like, you, you're you not going to be able to sell ads on core core. Like, it's, it's no, not going to no, work. You not, it's not <laughs> brand safe. <laughs> barely going to be able to describe it in reporting on it. Right. <laughs> like, it, it almost resists commodification. And yeah. I think I, I, because of that, I'm a fan. I don't understand it, but I'm a fan. I like it. Keep being weird. <laughs> yeah. No, I like what you said about Dadaism because that really does, that kind of, it, that feels right to me too as somebody who, um, you know, loves art and knows less about that particular art movement. But I did study like experimental theater and I always love absurdity and stuff like that. And um, it's definitely a commentary on now. <laughs> yes. Yes. But you have to watch them yourself. We cannot the fully convey yeah. these at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is all the time we have for niche talk at the moment. After a short break, we're going to be back to our regularly scheduled program of explaining who exactly an influencer named Alex Earl is and why she's facing backlash. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey y'all, if you love our podcast, then please consider subscribing to Slate Plus. When you subscribe to Slate Plus, you get no ads on any Slate podcast, including your favorite one, in case you missed it. You will also be supporting the show. ICYMI would not be possible without the support of Slate Plus subscribers. You will also get bonus segments or episodes on shows like the award-winning recent season of Slow Burn, Amicus, Mom and Dad are Fighting, The Waves, Big Mood, Little Mood, and you will also get unlimited reading on the Slate website which means you get access to every single article and advice column on Slate without ever, ever, ever hitting the paywall. Just visit slate.com slash ICYMI plus to sign up. That is slate.com slash ICYMI plus.
And we're back with everyone's favorite topic, niche influencer drama. We've got a question asking who exactly Alex Earl is and why people are mad at her for supporting a Black-owned business. And yes, that is the sweet, sweet smell of unhinged discourse in the air. It's familiar, isn't it? Are you ready? You ready, Daisy? I'm very ready. I actually genuinely needed you to come back to explain this one to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy to do this for you. So Alex (laughs) Earl is a 22-year-old influencer who has like skyrocketed to fame over the past month. And when I say skyrocketed, I mean she gained 1.7 million followers in a month, which is unprecedented growth. That's for real. That's for real. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I wish we had that kind of growth. (laughs) So like what makes her so special though? I don't No. I have some theories. Uh, She's blonde. That usually helps. She's conventionally attractive. Also usually helps. Also helps. Um, And she used to date a baseball player who apparently really did her dirty. And there's nothing more relatable than a man doing you dirty, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I hear. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no offense to Alex, which is spelled with an I, but... I've been watching her videos, which all have over a million views on them. And she strikes me as kind of one of a dime a dozen blonde lifestyle influencers with the fascinatingly spelled common name. Right. (laughs) That you see, like, when you scroll on TikTok for an hour. And that does not explain why she got so famous. And it's so unexplained why she got so famous that there's a whole genre of TikTok that's just talking about how she got famous. We need to talk about Alex Earl. I am fed up. My theory on Alex Earl and her insane overnight success. First, she gives off the old money vibe. Yes, she wears expensive things and has expensive things, but isn't into like the modern flex culture. I feel like Alex Earl is for 20-something-year-olds what Charlie D'Amelio was when she first started getting famous for like 13, 14-year-olds. But we, that is not why we're talking about Alex Earl. We're not talking about her rise to fame. We're talking about Alex Earl because with great fame comes great probability of people being mad at you. So on December 27th, she posted a video about her top 2022 Amazon purchases. In case you couldn't tell, that is an ad. It's, it says paid partnership on the video. Just want to get that out the way. It's an ad. Let's go over my favorite Amazon purchases from 2022. Starting off strong with the powder puffers will make your makeup go on so much better, so much smoother. Only been using this for like a little over a month and I've already seen tremendous hair growth. This light, I'm using it right now. I use it for like almost all my Instagram photos. Yeah, this video to me seems innocuous besides like the Amazon corporate sponsorship. Sure. Yeah, totally. Very, very common type of video online. Absolutely. Yeah. But this one's wrong. This one's bad, what? Daisy. What? It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> well, because the thing about Alex Earl is like a lot of popular influencers, especially on TikTok, once she recommends something, it immediately sells out. Like I could not get my hands on CeraVe moisturizing 
face wash for months after one skincare influencer mentioned it, and I'm still pissed about it. Anyway, oh so one of the things yeah. I know, I was like, CeraVe is for the eczema girlies. Stop it. It really is. Yeah. So one of the things Alex mentions in this video when she talks about her hair is a product from Miel Organics, which is a hair care brand that is primarily marketed towards black women. And it's also owned by a black woman. Shout out Monique Rodriguez. I love to see you winning. I'm a nice. fan of Miel Organics, and I'm not being paid to say that. Like, I've been using their products since I basically found out about them. Their deep awesome. conditioner smells like heaven. It's mm wild. Anyway, I've used the product that Alex recommends, which is this hair strengthening rosemary and mint oil. It again smells incredible. I don't actually <laughs> know if like hair growing oils work, but boy do I use them. <laughs> yeah. So, I've seen this product explode in popularity over the past year or so to the point where even the white girlies like Alex are recommending it. So due to Alex's recommendation, because again, she's very popular now, yeah. the rosemary oil is now basically sold out on Amazon, which I love that from my girl Monique. Go Monique. Truly. But some people don't feel the same because oh. it's 2023. So some of, and I think it's a small sum, I want to be clear, uh, some of Miel's original customers weren't so happy. First, understandably, because the product was sold out on Amazon, which, fair, but also stop buying it on Amazon and buy it directly from the website, which still has oil in stock. Maybe oh. that's the lesson here. Yeah, no, Good it's just know. sold out on Amazon. It's available uh. on Miel Organics' website. Mm-hmm. Do with that information what you will. <laughs> Second, because they were worried they being the original customers of Miel Organics, that Miel would pull a Shea Moisture, which is another hair care brand that was originally right. targeted mostly towards black women, but is now, I don't want to say more inclusive, but like that's what they say they are. Mm -hmm. um, and change the formulas of their products to cater to a wider audience, which is a very common accusation levied against Shea Moisture. I don't think they've ever actually addressed this. I cannot say if their formula has changed. I cannot say if it was because they were sold to a larger company. Like, I cannot say right. what exactly happened, but there was a noted shift a lot of people felt in their products once they were bought by Unilever in, yeah. I believe, 2019. Yeah. And so what happens when small Black-owned businesses get popular with white people is that sometimes they, in trying to widen their audience, change the formula. Right. But the thing is, Miel Organics is still, like, Black-owned and still owned by, like, Monique. Like, she hasn't sold her business so to anyone else. So I almost think it's unfair to assume that she would just change her products because she's suddenly blowing up. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I also just, like, this specific controversy of white people using products made for Black people, sometimes wrongly, sometimes rightly. Sometimes I don't—I I actually don't give a shit is the thing. Like, I don't really care. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need to, what do you think of this? I mean, I, I'm i with you. I also, like, I get the frustration, right? Like, um, I was never really a user of Shea Moisture myself, but I know very much what it is like when something that finally works for me and was finally reliable then ceases to be. And I think that that hurts certain communities more than others because you're already a community that maybe things aren't made for as often, right? Like, it is interesting to me as someone who, you know, chose to embrace my natural hair, you know, probably about five years before the 
big chop trend got even bigger. Like mm-hmm. to see also the proliferation of products that like aren't actually good for this hair that are trying to act like they are. So, or I think about the fact that like black women have had the bodies that they've had for a long time, but it really wasn't until like the Kardashians helped popularize having hips even mm-hmm. if theirs were made by surgeons, like, yeah, you know, that they made pants for such a thing, right? So it's like, I, I'm just saying, like, I get the frustration that people live in, but, like, at the same time, I'm like, ultimately, I'm with you on, like, yo, put that money in Monique's pockets if she's been making a really actually awesome product. Like, great, we need more of that. I get where the fear is coming from, but maybe we don't need to put the fear discourse ahead of what's actually happening. Yeah, is that where it I'm just landing? feels I think- extremely, like, preemptory like nothing's happened yet I mean like far be it for me to defend a white girl with four million followers who's definitely making more money than I am but I just there was no right way for her to go about this not to me I still don't think she did anything wrong but this is one of the situations where I can see every single option she could have taken and all every single one would have gotten her some kind of backlash which is that's one of them fake internet situations. <laughs> Those don't exist in real life. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, that's the thing. There's a lot of understandable frustration in this combined with the fact that the internet in general makes it far too easy to react and kind of share what our fears are before it gets to the point where we actually need to be aware of those fears. It's the feeling I have when I have my clinical anxiety where I'm just like, I'm projecting, I'm borrowing trouble is how my mother calls, is how my mother says it. I'm just like, I don't need to be thinking that far ahead. Like we haven't gotten there. When we get there, let's be mad, but we're not there yet. (laughs) I really feel like the only real discourse there should be is about how many TikTok influencers are sponsored by Amazon, which Yo. is like capital A, capital P, a problem. So many have Amazon storefronts. I When did this happen? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, <laughs> so many. They t- probably just learned it from like, I don't know, BuzzFeed, you honestly, right? <laughs> so true. You're so right. Look at that. We just stumbled backwards into an episode for another day. (laughs) For another day. That's all I got. (laughs) Welcome back to me. (laughs) Welcome back, Rachel. All right, that is the show. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday, so please subscribe. It is the best way to never miss an episode, to never miss a mailbag episode. Please leave a rating and review in Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYM underscore pod, which is also where you can DM us your questions like, what is core core? And you can also always drop us a note at ICYMI at slate.com. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader and Rachel Hampton with help from CR Spragley Ricks. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer and Alicia Montgomery is Slate's VP of audio. See you online. Or in France. <laughs> We're not there yet. Horse before the cart. No. That's a po- the cart before the horse. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C., 
on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice, all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it, and we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets. <laughs> 